many of the issues that we work on, you know, they're just, if, if you aren't experiencing them, they're just not top of mind for you. And so it's things like LifePack and some of the other issues that we work on that we're really trying to find new ways of uh, breaking through the clutter and, you know, getting on people's radar. I'm Talib Bizram, and this is World Changing Ideas, where we investigate how leading innovators are solving our most challenging issues. Feeding children by playing video games. Two packages of rice, three of pasta, and four of flour some sugar, and some oil. That's what the social government in Venezuela gives lower-income families every month. Crayley says it's not enough to feed her son Isaac, who has what's called primary undernutrition. What he needs is more protein, things like chicken and cheese, which have got much more expensive, so it's very hard to get those, because my husband doesn't have a job right now. It's a dilemma faced by thousands of mothers in the state of Madhya Pradesh. Over 78,000 children are malnourished here. And here, deep inside rural Madhya Pradesh, the problem is at its worst. This district has had one of the highest number of malnutrition deaths. And we can see why. Families are too poor, many can't afford to feed their children. The UN's Children Agency says 135,000 children remain in the besieged port city of Hodeida, where they face the highest level of malnutrition and cholera in Yemen. UNICEF says their living conditions are so dire, no one should ever suffer them. It may be too late for thousands of starving children, but Nawal has a few days of hope left. That's only if those in power care and help arrives in time. That last report was from Yemen in 2019. But according to UNICEF, severe acute malnutrition threatens an estimated 16 million children worldwide, and claims the lives of approximately one million more. But not only children are affected by the severe deterioration of the nutritional crisis in uh, in Yemen. Pregnant and breastfeeding women also are exposed to acute malnutrition. And the analysis shows that in this year, there would be about 1.2 million women, pregnant or breastfeeding women, who will will face um, acute malnutrition. And of course, the nutritional status of the mother has an impact on the nutritional situation of the child. And you have here an infernal cycle of of malnutrition at play. And so we need to intervene on on both sides. Philippe Duhamel is the UNICEF representative to Yemen. It's estimated that the socioeconomic impacts of the pandemic could cause an additional 6.7 million children under the age of five to suffer from malnutrition. But even before the pandemic, children suffered from malnutrition because of climate change and wars. The conflict in Yemen has been going on since 2014, and roughly 30,000 children die of malnutrition there every year. It is projected that for the year 2021, 2.3 million children under the age of five in Yemen will be suffering of acute malnutrition. This represents two in five children under the age of five 
who will face um, acute malnutrition in, in Yemen. This is a huge number, uh, but also um, an increase uh, by 16% compared to the year 2020. One of the most common interventions by the UN is to provide RUTF packets. RUTF stands for ready-to-use therapeutic food. It's a peanut-based paste that doesn't require refrigeration or mixing with water. To date, UNICEF provides 80% of the world's supply. Named one of the 10 most generous marketing geniuses, Hive CEO and co-founder Jennifer Willig has worked on campaigns to solve some of the world's biggest problems, including RED, the organization founded to fight AIDS in Africa. Hive is a social impact organization that aims to create big ideas for organizations and companies that change the world. This past summer, it launched its Life Pack initiative in order to help fight malnutrition. Well, Jen, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Jen, really intrigued to hear about this idea because video games and helping malnourished children are not two things that are usually paired together. Can you kind of walk us through your original thought process in bringing these two together in in a campaign? Why, Why did you tap into gaming for this particular problem? Well, we have been working with the Eleanor Crook Foundation for about two years. Eleanor Crook Foundation is a U.S. philanthropy fighting global malnutrition. And the idea for LifePack really came from the very real issue that today 50 million children are dying of malnutrition um, and nobody knows and it's not making headlines. And unlike some of the other issues that we work on at Hive, we're a social impact company, um, including poverty, child marriage, um, global pandemic. So we, we work on COVID response and relief and have extensive experience in HIV as well. Um, there is an easy solution to this issue. They're called RUTFs, ready to use therapeutic food. They cost 25 cents three times a day for six to eight weeks, can literally bring a child back from the brink of death. Um, and that was really the inspiration for LifePack. We did some research and we found that young people you know, have a very acute sense of justice, that hunger and poverty are two of the things that they care most about. And gaming was the best way to reach them. So we went about creating something that was equally motivating and engaging and went to meet them where they are. You know, they're all playing games there. It's an exciting and dynamic industry. And it just has been really exciting to kind of bring this together and see not only is it resonating with young people and, and gamers, but also the gaming companies are really taking a shine to it. And it's just been exciting. You know, we're only four months old and we're seeing so much traction. It's been really great. Amazing. How does it actually work? You know, when someone starts playing the game, how does that then eventually help feed a child? Well, we've got a couple of ways that we engage with LifePack. So when we launched, uh, we created the LifePack mini browser game, and we used that as a challenge. So we wanted 10,000 plays of the game at launch to raise enough money for 10,000 days of treatment. And we gave ourselves a a week to do that. And in fact, actually, we achieved that in 26 hours because one, the game is that exciting and that hard, I will say. Um, And we had really great support from folks like Jack Black and Aisha Tyler and 
Gordon Hayward and Laura Morano, and we launched it with one of our first partners, uh, Tilting Point's Krusty Cookoff. So there's one way of being able to raise money is through the Life Pack Game Challenge. We also do streaming events. Uh, one of our newest partners is PUBG, and we had our first streaming event a couple of weeks ago, and it was a kind of a four-hour, 16 teams of four esport players coming together to battle each other, uh, but all came together to fight in a malnutrition. And then the primary way we raise money is through in-game purchases and in-app purchases. Um, so, for example, with Tilting Point's SpongeBob Krusty Cookoff, our first game, LifePack was integrated into their in-app gem pack purchases. So a $4.99 gem pack, $1.50 went to LifePack. A $14.99 gem pack, $4.50 goes to LifePack. And I will say that 100% of the money that is raised through LifePack goes directly to funding treatment and distribution of our UTFs. So we take no overhead on that. These are all really interesting kind of separate elements that I'd love to kind of chat about. So I agree on the browser game. It was really difficult. I was prepping for this interview, essentially playing that game. Uh, and uh, I don't think I could get past like the fifth obstacle. It has quite like a retro arcade feel, right? like an, an Atari uh, game feel. Uh, what was the inspiration behind that? It was purposefully that way. I mean, I think, one, the 80s are back. I think that the the inspiration, <laughs> you're seeing that across kind of all culture points, fashion and gaming and all of this. I think it's more out of both style and necessity. Um, so we knew that these retro games were really resonating with the younger audience, um, but necessity because we don't have huge budgets. It's a very simple way to tell the story. And in looking back, you know, when we were launching LifePack, we knew that we didn't want to launch a traditional kind of campaign or PSA campaign because we weren't creating a traditional charity. We're, we really are creating a gaming brand. And so we realized that the story was so simple that we could actually tell it in a game. And so we built a game. You know, we had this idea of, of a running man game and something really simple. And we worked with and collaborated with Thinking Box, who helped us build the back end of the game and the website. And so it became this element that not only did you, was it fun and challenging and hard to play the game, but you also learned about the issue of malnutrition as you were playing. So these RUTFs are power-ups that let you battle, in this case, malnutrition, and earn points as you go. And through that, the, the kind of stats about the issue come up. So you're, you're kind of, you know, doing what you like to do, but also getting a little bit of, of inspiration and education along with it. So it was style and necessity, and that style really lent itself to a simple visual way to talk about the issue that we were focused on. Yeah, I'm going to have to work on it a bit more because I don't think I even got to many of the stats. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a hint. If you hit the space bar longer, you'll jump higher. Oh, I see. Yes. Okay. All right. I'll give it another go. So for anyone who's wondering about that, that's on the Lifepack website, lifepack.org. It's sort of a Super Mario-esque game, the running and, and jumping and avoiding obstacles kind of thing. Let's talk a little bit about SpongeBob Krusty Cook-Off. Do you mind kind of uh, just describing that and kind of the aim of the game for people? Yes, it is a really fun and addictive game as well. It's a mobile game and you are a cook in the crusty kitchen um, and you're making pancakes and you're making spaghetti and you're making burgers and it's all about being able to serve your customers in a really fun and fast way and different challenges along the way. And I will say it was so exciting at the launch to see the Lifepack iconography 
embedded into the game. I mean, it's really kind of the way we had envisioned it to see the gem pack and our little life pack icon on there. And so as you're playing the game and you're purchasing gem packs to be able to do more within the game, they have a $4.99 and a $14.99 gem pack. And, you know, a a really generous donation is made through Tilting Point for the purchase of every one of each one of those gem packs. So the customer is not having to pay any additional money. It is really the commitment of Tilting Point that has generously offered for the $4.99 pack to contribute $1.50 and for the $14.99 one to contribute $4.50. So just to break it down for for people such as myself who are not really gamers, haven't played video games since probably FIFA 98 or something like that, what are in-app purchases? You know, these are purchases that gamers are making anyway, right? And and what what are they actually paying for? What are these kind of gems? Well, it depends on the game. Sometimes there'll be power-ups. Sometimes there'll be extra life. Sometimes there'll be um, different kind of utilities and assets that allow you to do different challenges within the context of the game. Um, so, for example, in SpongeBob Krusty Cookoff, when you buy a gem pack, you're able to buy more utensils for your kitchen. You're able to move a little bit faster. You'll be able to fill up Cokes quicker and, and things like that. So it really does depend on the game that you're playing, but it really does allow you to do more. A lot of these games in the in the gaming industry are free to play, but the money is made through the in-game and in-app purchases. Jen, also, uh, can you talk a little bit about the, uh, is it the Taigo Charity Showdown that you had this summer? Yeah, it was uh, our newest partner is PUBG. And a few weeks ago, we had our first streaming event with them. Um, it was the Lifepack Charity Stream. It was 16 teams of uh, four esport gamers all battling it out uh, at the introduction of PUBG Battlegrounds' new Tego map. And it was really exciting to see, you know, all these teams coming together and raising money for Lifepack. So. It was four hours, and I'd never really been experiencing a a live stream of a video game, and it was awesome. Just the engagement that we saw, uh, the engagement around Lifepack, and the amount of money that we raised. You know, we raised enough for, I want to say, 15,000 days of treatment in about four short hours. So it was really exciting. We are going to be raising money through Lifepack. The main one primarily will be in-app purchases, but we'd like to do more streaming events. We'd like to do more challenges with the Lifepack mini browser game um, and really be very open to other ways to raise money. I think, you know, the key thing for us here is to bring new awareness, new people and an industry together that could literally change the face of this issue. Because like I said, you know, these deaths are preventable. We know how to solve this. We just need the will and the money to be able to do it. So in the interest of finding new ways to tap into gaming, do you have any kind of games on the horizon? I assume this is kind of like a, an endless resource, right? There's just so many games out there. Yeah, I mean, we're talking to a lot of companies. Unfortunately, I can't announce any new games, but we will be doing more with PUBG and Tilting Point. We will be announcing games next year, but I can't, I'll be the first to, <laughs> you'll be the first to know when we do, but I can't make any announcements yet. But we are talking extensively to a lot of gaming companies. And I will say if there's a gaming company, developer, gamer, publisher listening right now, 
please DM us at Lifepack Saves or email me directly because we are actively, we are looking to create a sustainable flow of funding. I mean, you know, that's something that we really work on at Hive as a social impact company. Our focus is around accelerating change and finding new ways to do things and new opportunities to bring audiences that may or may not be associated with this. Many of the issues that we work on, you know, they're just... If, if you aren't experiencing them, they're just not top of mind for you. And so it's things like LifePack and some of the other issues that we work on that we're really trying to find new ways of uh, breaking through the clutter and, you know, getting on people's radar. Um, unfortunately, COVID and the pandemic has really exacerbated the issue of malnutrition and so many of the issues we work on. So, you know, as fun as it is to be able to partner with video games, the urgency of the issue requires it. You know, we're really kind of head down looking for new partners as much as we can. Could you tell us a little bit more about the RUTF packets? Are you able to kind of track the effects that they're having on the children? Do you have a target in mind? Yeah, we'd like to raise enough money to be able to reach a million children with RUTF's therapeutic food. RUTFs are ready-to-use therapeutic food. They're basically fortified peanut butter. When a child is experiencing um, severe malnutrition, regular food is not compatible to them. So that's why they need RUTFs. And so it is easily trackable. Uh, We work with Action Against Hunger will be the recipient of the funds. And they are tracking our first area that we will be focusing on is in Kenya. I think that's the power of LifePack is that it is easily trackable because the issue is so easily defined. We know that three packets a day for 25 cents, six to eight weeks will literally bring a child back from the brink of death. And so working with Action Against Hunger, we're able to track exactly where every dollar will be going. Well, Jen, so fascinating uh, finding out about this innovation. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. We need all the help we can get with LifePack. I think what really hooked me about this innovation is how novel it is. Uh, You know, like we said at the top, kind of pairing two things that you don't normally think of in kind of one sentence. I think what makes it especially effective is that you're building on something that people are already doing. People are already playing these games and buying these in-app purchases. So they don't have to do anything different. It's not like watching a charity PSA where you have to take the extra step of getting on your phone and making a donation, which people should absolutely do. But it streamlines it so much more when it's something you're already doing. And it's something that so many people are doing. There's an estimated 135 million gamers just in the US. So if you think about that worldwide, the number of people already doing this is so huge. So if they can expand to new games, I think they'll have a lot of opportunities to save more lives. That's it for our show today. Join us next time to learn more about the innovative leaders seeking to make a difference in our ever-changing world. Please give us a rating or review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Talib Vizram. Our show is produced and edited by Avery Miles. 